Do the Oklahoma Sooners need to be concerned about a potential dark horse candidate in Kansas State? Adrian Peterson was ranked where on ESPN's top 100 running backs of all time? And we're going to dig into college football news power rankings of the Big 12 in the spring on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Sooners Nation, and welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you so much for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. And joining me, as he does every single day, is Josh Helmer. You can follow Josh on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him from 9 to noon, Monday through Friday at 94.7, The Ref in Norman, 1400 Sports Talk in Oklahoma City, and on the Sports Talk radio app as well. Josh, how's it going, man? what's going on how we doing we're doing pretty good man we're gonna talk some uh, k-state we're gonna talk some running backs but first of all so 247 sports came out with a list of potential upsets uh, that they might see in the 2022 season and uh, will backus over there believes that kansas state is going to be the upset for oklahoma the team that might upset oklahoma and called them a dark horse pick first of all I mean, okay, the dark horse idea, this is like an under-the-radar team that might be able to contend for the Big 12. Are you buying Kansas State as a potential contender for the Big 12 title in 2022? I think starting with Deuce Vaughn alone makes Kansas State an intriguing option. I'm not totally sold on necessarily what Kansas State is going to be defensively, though historically Kansas State is – if not super talented on the defensive side of the football, typically pretty fundamentally sound. So you feel like you can count on that with Kansas state teams. Adrian Martinez comes over from Nebraska to take over at quarterback for Kansas state. We'll see, you know, Skylar Thompson probably didn't get enough credit for just how consistently good he was for Kansas state. Are they taking a step back with Adrian Martinez? If so, how much? Are they taking a step forward with Adrian Martinez with his ability to run with Deuce Vaughn? We'll just have to see. I think the one thing that concerns me the most about Adrian Martinez is that running ability. But if I'm a Kansas State fan, the thing that should concern me the most is his turnover potential. Like he is just very loose with the football. I think he had double digit fumbles last year through some interceptions as well. He's not a guy that is necessarily going to protect the ball. And that's a hard trait to teach into players at this at this stage in their career you have to dial them back and call conservative game plans for them to not turn the ball over i look at a guy like jamise winston who had 17 interceptions at florida state he hasn't necessarily slowed down on the interception front in the nfl even though coaches have tried to help him with that and so i think yes he's a dynamic player we saw him in norman last year uh, with nebraska but he doesn't necessarily scare me as a quarterback if that makes sense. Skylar Thompson, I felt like he had enough of a running ability as well as that passing ability that could beat you, and he protected the football. He wasn't somebody who just threw interceptions or fumbled the ball away. He took care of it, and I think that was a big reason why Kansas State was able to beat Oklahoma in back-to-back years in Chris Kleiman's first two years. I th- what they do have going for them is Chris Kleiman, a really good head coach who's going to be able to help get them game-planned. 
Do you think Oklahoma should necessarily be concerned? Like, is that one of the teams that you look at on the schedule and you're like, man, I don't know, that Kansas State game is going to be a tough one, uh, especially now that I think this year it's going to be in Manhattan. Uh, does that kind of bode trouble for the Oklahoma Sooners? I like Kansas State. I really like Chris Kleiman. Obviously, they've beaten Oklahoma a couple of times in the first two years of the Chris Kleiman era, and it was a tough game for Oklahoma in Manhattan last season uh, for, for OU to find a way to, to get out of Kansas State with that victory. So they've shown the penchant, number one, for being able to, to beat OU a couple of times, and number two, it was difficult when Oklahoma won the, the lone game that uh, they did win over Chris Kleiman last season. So I think for those reasons alone, sure, you, you look at the Kansas State date on the schedule and you say, okay, this, this has the makings of being potentially a difficult game for Oklahoma. Deuce Vaughn, again, I keep coming back to Deuce Vaughn. I think he's the best running back in the Big 12 Conference. For, for me, his ability to catch the football out of the backfield, what he can do once he has the football in his, fan, his hands, uh, one cut and gone. And then, of course, he's a terrific running back, just running in between the tackles and outside the tackles as well. So just the electricity of Deuce Vaughn alone, I think, should have your attention. If you're Oklahoma, if you're Texas, if you're Oklahoma State, Baylor, whoever, anybody in the Big 12, you should not be looking past Kansas State. So I think they're a solid dark horse pick. I don't think that Kansas State is beating Oklahoma in 2022, but I didn't think Kansas State was beating Oklahoma in each of the two seasons that they did with Chris Kleiman. Yeah, I mean, anything can happen in the Big 12. We've, known, we've seen that be the case. I think what baffles me a little bit about this article that uh, Will Back has put out is he talks a lot about why Kansas State's going to be okay. It's because they surgically you know, filled holes, his words, uh, through the transfer portal of the losses. And a lot of people are making a lot of the losses that Oklahoma suffered whether it's the, to the NFL draft or the transfer portal, but didn't the Sooners and Brent Venables kind of do the same thing? Like, yes, they had a lot of losses, but I feel like they set themselves up pretty well with what they added through the transfer portal and through their recruiting classes. Are we looking past Oklahoma's transfer class a little bit? Probably so. And I'll confess to not know beyond Adrian Martinez who all Kansas state has replenished their roster with via the transfer portal. Certainly know what Oklahoma's done where across the board, they have really had some big time additions from the transfer portal. I think you start up front uh, along the offensive line where you're replacing a couple of guys that chose to enter their names into the NFL draft and Marquise Hayes and Tyrese Robinson in McCabe Mattalier should step right in as somebody that comes over from Cal and started just, just shy of, uh, I believe, 30 football games in his time with the Cal Golden Bears. So that immediately is is a starter for you, I think, uh, along your offensive line. Defensively, uh, the, the the two defensive linemen that they brought in, Jeffrey Johnson from Tulane, Jonah Laula, and all of the different secondary additions that they brought, not to mention the quarterback in Dylan Gabriel. You're not going to take any sort of a step back there, I don't think, in terms of production because you've got somebody in Dylan Gabriel – from UCF that, okay, is he strictly raw talent, as talented as either a Spencer Rattler or Caleb Williams? No, probably not. You, you'd say that he, he loses that that fight to those two guys in terms of just sheer raw talent. But in terms of having quarterbacked on the college level in just the production that comes with Dylan Gabriel, I love what Oklahoma's added across the board. I 
you know, the, the secondary pieces touched on them a little bit, but we haven't even seen CJ Colden arrive to campus yes, yet. And he's somebody that had a ton of pass breakups for Wyoming. I get it's Wyoming, but we'll see how that translates. I love Trey Morrison on the back end for Oklahoma. So up and down the roster, the different transfer portal additions that Oklahoma's had, I think are going to have a huge impact. Yeah, and I concur. And for Kansas State, it's a lot of the same on the defensive side of the football, which is, hasn't necessarily been the biggest issue. It's, I mean, consistency on both sides of the ball has kind of been the issue. Injuries in 2021 really hurt them a lot, especially to, to Skylar Thompson and then a little bit to Will Howard as well. And so, yes, I think Kansas State will be a good, a good enough team to, again, make a bowl game. Uh, but this was a team that made a bowl game last year, and I don't necessarily think Adrian Martinez is a significant step up in quarterback play from uh, Skylar Thompson. That, and I mean, maybe he maybe he proves me wrong, but I feel like what we saw in Norman last year wasn't all that exciting. We've seen better play out of Kansas State Skylar Thompson in similar situations uh, against the Oklahoma Sooners. So we'll see. I mean, it's it's early. We got a lot more to figure out about this team and about Kansas state as well. And, and the big 12 is as wide open as it's been in a long time. There's several teams that could contend and, and if things hit, bounce right for Kansas state, maybe they contend as well. Coming up next, we're going to talk about ESPN's top 100 running backs of all time, where your favorite Oklahoma Sooners running backs landed on the list. And Maybe ask a few questions about how they got to where they got. But first, we're going to talk about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. 100% covered in chocolate. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And it's better than a candy bar because it's good for you. It's got 140, 170, 80 calories, 4 or 5 grams of sugar, 4 or 5 grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein. And they come in amazing flavors like mint, brownie, coconut, coconut almond, they got white chocolate cookies and cream, and they're always coming out with new flavors as well. So make sure you go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order over at built.com. And it's draft season. The Locked On NFL Draft live coverage and Odyssey NFL mock draft special is coming to your podcast feeds and YouTube channels at the end of the month. Starting Thursday, April 28th, tune in to Locked On NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Locked On NFL's mock draft special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show all week leading up to the first pick on April 28th. Exciting times. We'll find out where the Oklahoma Sooners are going to be taken in the draft. But let's talk all-time rushers, according to ESPN. Now, this is a 1-100 to list, and so I'll preface it by saying I haven't watched all 100 play. The guy who wrote the article hasn't watched all 100 play, and so I'll give him a benefit of a doubt on some of this. But how in the world do you rank Adrian Peterson? We'll start with this. As the number six, 46, the number 46 running back of all time, Josh. I don't know. I, I don't have a good defense for it. And again, sort of like you said, me being in, can I still say that younger demographic? We're running out of time in that regard. But being, you know, a little bit of that younger generation sooner fan, there, there's several Oklahoma running backs on this that I've went back and watched highlights of Joe, Joe Washington. 
terrific running back in college. I, I didn't live with Joe Washington. I, I didn't watch him play. Billy Sims didn't didn't really grow up or watch Billy Sims play. So, uh, you know, you go down kind of the, the list of some of these guys that made the cut for Oklahoma, and really the guy that I'm most familiar with is Adrian Peterson at 46. And I would just simply tell you this. Out of every running back that I've seen play at the University of Oklahoma in my lifetime, Adrian Peterson is without a doubt, not even close. He's the best, bar none. DeMarco Murray was special, but he came after Adrian Peterson, and it was clear that Adrian Peterson was cut from a different cloth from DeMarco Murray. And guess what? DeMarco Murray went on to the National Football League and had a fantastic career with the Cowboys. So that's how special Adrian Peterson was. The man was robbed of a Heisman his freshman season. It should have been his. Uh, Obviously, the splitting of votes didn't really help Adrian Peterson that year. But to me, 46 is criminally too low for Adrian Peterson. And I know that injuries in college worked against him, I'm sure, a little bit in terms of this list. But if you just watched Adrian Peterson and you're going to tell me there's 45 other guys that played college football that were better than Adrian Peterson, stop it. No, there weren't. There's not one Oklahoma running back that's better than Adrian Peterson. And it's interesting you mentioned that because, so first of all, he mentions the injuries as the reason why he wasn't a top 20 running back on this list. And I'm like, if he was a top 20 running back on this list, injuries shouldn't have mattered. You didn't allow for context when it was four Wisconsin Badgers in your top 20, when they've had arguably the greatest offensive lines in some of college football history over the last couple of decades. But you were cool with putting four Wisconsin Badgers in your top 20, but a guy that had some injury trouble at times wasn't considered one of the best running backs of all time. When most people who watch college football and have at least in the last 20 years, they look at Adrian Peterson and they see that he's a guy that's one of the best running backs of all time. Now he finished with, or he, sorry, let me rephrase this. There were 19 running backs on this list that had fewer rushing yards than Adrian Peterson. And I'll go down the list and you can tell me if you have an argument against any of these guys. Barry Sanders was number one on the list. I don't have much of an argument against that. Even though Adrian Peterson had more rushing yards, Barry Sanders was just a different player. He was the elite of the elite. I'm okay with putting him at number one. Any issues there? Any issues with him being ranked above Adrian Peterson? No, not, not really. Not really at all. I mean, tremendous, obviously at Oklahoma state, one of the greatest rushers of all time in college football history. OJ Simpson comes in at number five. I feel like this is where you can kind of start getting into debates about which player is better. Um, Again, a, a a terrific player at USC. I didn't get a chance to watch him play, but by all accounts, he was one of the best players in college football at the time, at the time that he played. And so, very much deserving of his top 20, you know, top 10 status. But I mean, was he that much better than Adrian Peterson? Was he 41 spots better than Adrian Peterson as a runner? I don't know. Again, man. And and OJ Simpson was a sensational running back, both in college and professionally. And, And certainly I get that. It's not supposed to be right. I wouldn't think for this one to 100 list about, what you did at the next level. But I mean, you think about the top guy on the charts and it's Barry Sanders and Mm -hmm. don't tell me that Barry Sanders NFL career didn't have a lot to do with Barry Sanders landing at number one on this list. 
it did. So if you're going to selectively apply it to some of the athletes on this list, then I think Adrian Peterson deserves that NFL bump as well, which it doesn't seem like he got at 46. No, no. Coming in next, uh, the next guy that Adrian Peterson had more rushing yards in but ranked behind was Billy Sims at number 14. Um, we know Billy Sims was a great runner for the Oklahoma Sooners. We don't want to discount his legacy because a lot of people, a lot of very respected college football minds loved Billy Sims, had a fantastic career, not taking anything away from Heisman him. Heisman Trophy winner. Heisman Trophy winner. Thank you, Josh. So very much deserving, again, of his top 20 status. Again, it, was he you know, 40 spots behind or 30 spots behind Billy Sims? As far as all-time rushers, I don't think so. I don't think there's that big of a separation. Uh, and then you got Leroy Keys, Rashawn Salam from Colorado, Eddie George from Ohio State, uh, Eric Bieniemy, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator, uh, coming in at number 25, Floyd Little at 26, Mike Garrett, 27, Derrick Henry, and Ezekiel Elliott. These are two that are closer contemporaries. Uh, Derrick Henry came in at 33, Ezekiel Elliott at 34, a little bit closer contemporaries. Obviously they were more recently playing, but I don't think either of those guys were far and away better running backs than Adrian Peterson was. No, I've got a real problem having either of those two guys ranked in front of Adrian Peterson. I mean, in terms of just sheer accomplishments, it's hard to make the argument that Adrian Peterson deserves the number one spot. But in terms of what my eyeballs watching Adrian Peterson tell me and told me when Adrian Peterson played, none of these guys should be ranked in front of Adrian Peterson. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and then a couple more that I feel like are, you know, again, closer contemporaries. Because, again, with the older guys, it's hard to say. Those guys we didn't get to to watch play. But Steve Slayton from West Virginia, he was a great guy. He was a great back, but no way. There's no way he was better than Adrian Peterson was. He was dynamic, absolutely. Absolutely but not better than Adrian Peterson was. Uh, and the other one, Larry Johnson, who comes in just ahead of Adrian Peterson at 45. Again, a really good running back. But when they were playing, was anybody arguing that Larry Johnson was a, a better running back than Adrian Peterson? I don't think so. No, probably not. And actually, you know, out of some of the guys that you've mentioned, Larry Johnson might, just in terms of strictly his college career, have a little bit more to say than some of the other names that – have been mentioned already on this list, but I'm with you. No, he, he wasn't, I don't think, thought of in that same light. Though he was like a Dar- high, high first-round draft pick uh, by yeah. Kansas City. Yeah, like Darren, Darren Sproles, a, a great running back, got ranked ahead of Adrian Peterson on this list. Again, a fantastic running back, great at what he did, but better? I, no, he wasn't better. You, you know, just listening to some of the names that you've mentioned off this list that got – put ahead of Adrian Peterson. I kind of think Adrian Peterson is getting dinged for the fact that he played for Oklahoma. And some of these other guys are getting rewarded for the fact that they didn't play for Oklahoma. And based on that, it's sort of being received as they had a larger impact on the game of college football because they weren't surrounded by as much. For example, Steve Slayton's one of the names that comes to mind. He and Pat White single-handedly that year, and I, you know, maybe that's unfair to say single-handedly, but largely it was that duo, right, that had West Virginia right on the precipice of a national championship. And that does, that strikes you, that sticks with you. But that can't be your rationale for ranking that 
running back in Steve Slayton ahead of Adrian Peterson when we watched and saw that Adrian Peterson was a better running back than Steve Slayton. Yeah, it's it's wild to me. And so looking at the top 10, uh, Reggie Bush comes in at number 10. Now, I didn't put him on the list of players that had fewer rushing yards, even though he did. He had 1,000 fewer rushing yards, but he also had 1,300 receiving yards in his time at USC. He comes in at number 10. Earl Campbell at number 9. Bo Jackson, 8. Mike Rozier of Nebraska at number 7. Tony Dorsett at number 6 from Pitt. O.J. Simpson, we talked about at number 5. Ricky Williams at number four, Herschel Walker at number three, Archie Griffin at number two, and then Barry at number one. A lot of blue blood premier college football programs on this list, Josh, that had a lot of talent around them as well. And, you know, you mentioned Adrian Peterson kind of getting the knock a little bit because of playing at Oklahoma. It, it didn't really factor into a lot of these guys. I think, I think it's really overrating the, the injuries a little bit because, I mean, yeah, he got dinged up and missed some time, but, he was still one of the great running backs of his era of the, the 2000, 2010s. Like there were a few running backs that were as good as him or better than him. It's crazy to me that he was ranked that low. And his college career got, you know, take the injuries aside, his college career got so much more difficult after his freshman season, because defenses specifically said, Hey, we have got to not let Adrian Peterson run wild because he was so so amazing his freshman year. It's the greatest, greatest freshman season we've ever seen from a running back in college football history. And it's probably going to stay that way for the rest of our lives is how good Adrian Peterson was as a freshman. Yeah. Some notable, as a freshman, freshman, it's incredible. And you just don't see that kind of production, a guy that's able to come in right away and be able to take the ball to the house every time he touches it and run through people on the way to it. He was a, a college ready. We talk about pro ready prospects in the NFL and NFL draft. Well, he was a college ready prospect uh, coming to Oklahoma. Uh, some notable guys missing from the list. Samaje Pirine, Joe Mixon, just kind of more recently. You mentioned DeMarco Murray earlier. I think all three of those guys could have very well been on this top 100 list uh, ahead of, you know, names like Rashad Penny or, uh, you know, some other guys that were way down on the list that, you know, from some smaller schools, um, Joe Washington comes in at number 56, but like Amon Green at Nebraska, was he, he was great, absolutely. But if you're going to include him, why not include a guy like DeMarco Murray or Trent Richardson at Alabama? Sure, he was really good, but again, you had some good running backs at Oklahoma that probably could have been uh, included on this list as well. Um, any other issues you want to you want to address on this list or any other comments you have on that? Well, obviously, it's a, a tough list to compile. So tip of the cap just in general for putting together a one to 100 college running back yeah. list of all time. I would advise in the future to not place Adrian Peterson anywhere outside the top 15, because placing Adrian Peterson anywhere outside the top 15 is bleeping ridiculous. But beyond that, hey, it's a tough ask. It's a tough chore to do. And, you know, there's a number of different guys, uh, other running backs. I mean, what about Quentin Griffin? The, the impact he had at Oklahoma. I know that just in terms of, you know, the, the raw talent or this or that, that in sheer numbers, maybe it didn't quite stack up as, as well as some of these other guys. But Quentin Griffin brought Oklahoma, was a big piece of the puzzle for bringing Oklahoma's most recent national championship. So you could go on and on and on with Oklahoma running backs that weren't on this list that should have merited some consideration or could have. Yeah, yeah absolutely could have. And I think um, 
it's going to be fascinating. And, you know, people love lists. Lists are fun. Uh, we can take exception to them, but I'll have more thoughts on this over at soonerswire.com in the coming days as well. Um, as we continue to rake ESPN over the coals for their abhorrent mistreatment of Adrian Peterson, one of the all time Sooners greats coming up next college football news has their spring top 10 or their spring big 12 power rankings. And we'll discuss those here on Locked On Sooners. But first, I want to talk to you about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for more than 20 years. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can go to rockauto.com and save? Prices are always reliably low for every customer. From the do-it-yourselfer to the professional mechanic, you get the same price. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. So you can go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. And yeah, we're going to talk Big 12 power rankings and predictions from the folks over at College Football News. This is our guy, Pete Futak. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Pete Futak. Uh, Yeah, okay. I got it right the first time. That's awesome. Um, All right. So let's start off with, we'll just go down the list from 10 to 1 because, hey, that's a fun way to do things. Who's your guess at who'd be number 10, Josh? The Kansas Jayhawks. Kansas Jayhawks coming at number 10. The Texas Tech Red Raiders at number 9. Hmm. At number 8, you got the West Virginia Mountaineers. At number 7, the TCU Horned Frogs. Now, here comes the biggest surprise to me on this list, and that's the Baylor Bears at number 6, which is shocking to me that, that somebody might consider them that low. Um, but I want to give you their rationale for this a little bit. Um With road games at BYU, Iowa State, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, and Texas, there are just enough dates, tough dates away from Waco to keep this from being a monster year, but the Bears are still strong. So they they have a best case scenario for them at nine and three and a worst case scenario at five and seven, uh, predicting a seven and five finish uh, for 2022. Yeah, man, that is, that's, that's a tough one. I think a lot of people are still expecting Baylor to be um, a contender in the Big 12, uh, mostly because of their defensive front, though they are going to be losing some – they did lose some guys uh, in the secondary. And, you know, Abram Smith, who was a big catalyst for their offense in 2021, is off to the NFL. Um, any thoughts on Baylor at number six? Yeah, I've got a hard time seeing that. Baylor slipping all the way back to number six in the Big 12 conference. I just don't think the league's good enough for them to fall that far back. Keep in mind that before last season, they, you know, obviously had a very lean first year under coach Dave Aranda, but man, I just, I think they've turned that culture. They're the defending big 12 champions defensively. You can trust that they're going to be really, really good offensively. I think they're going to be not, you know, not one of the best offenses in the big 12, but they will be serviceable on that side of the football. I just, to me, I just trust Dave Aranda too much to see them finishing that far behind. I mean, what you've got Texas in front of them, obviously Oklahoma in front of them, Oklahoma state in front of them, Kansas state in front. And then who's the other team that I'm missing that they have finishing in front of Baylor. Uh, So the top five, Kansas state at number five, Iowa state four, Texas three. 
No way Iowa State's fourth. Oklahoma. No chance. Yeah. Yeah. That's the team that really sticks out to me as like, what are we thinking with Iowa State? Like you lose Brock Purdy, you lose Brees Hall, Charlie Kolar, and Mike Rose off your defense, Will McDonald off of your defensive line, and you're going to expect them to be about the same as what they were last year, if not a little bit better. Yeah, there's – I I got uh, got problems with that one. I think for me, the the only team that I can definitively say – pretty strongly that I feel like it's going to be worse than Iowa state going into next year is Kansas, Texas tech with Donovan Smith, I think is an intriguing team that Iowa state might be better than West Virginia. We'll see. But to me, Iowa state's a bottom third team in the league. I don't think they're going to be very good at all. Yeah, no, I think they got a big, big rebuilding year coming over there. I, I agree with you on West Virginia. I think they're going to be a little bit better than what they're giving credit, given credit for, especially with that defensive front. If they can get a semblance of an offense at all, I think they'll be a little bit better. Uh, I, I, and I think Kansas is going to have a chance to get out of that number 10 spot. I really liked what they were doing at the end of last season. There's a lot of promise at Texas Tech. You said with Donovan Smith as well. He had them playing really good football as well. Um, anything else in the top five, you know, Oklahoma state, number two, uh, Texas, number three and Kansas state, number five, we spent, you know, the first segment talking about Kansas state, you know, you're, you're pretty high on Kansas state. I'm kind of like, I think they will be about that, um, about a, you know, middle of the pack, big 12 team this year. So no problems with where they're ranked or do you think they should be a little bit higher? Five to three, anywhere for there, anywhere in there for me is, is good for Kansas state. I'd be surprised if Kansas state finishes worse than fifth in the big 12 conference. I just think, again, you know, I start thinking about who the good, really good coaches are in this league. We haven't seen Brent Venables coach a game as a head coach yet, but I trust what he's doing here at Oklahoma and the, the staff and the, that he's built and, and just the talent on campus. I think he's one of the best coaches in this league. Dave Aranda, clearly Mike Gundy has a long track record of being one of the best coaches in this league. And then beyond that, I really like coach Chris Kleiman. I think he he is one of the better coaches in this league. Matt Campbell, obviously they've got a lot of respect for, for him on uh, this college football news ranking here from Pete Futek. But I mean, really Matt Campbell kind of had the most disappointing season in his career last year at Iowa state with all of the expectations they had going in. They fell flat on the mark of that. So I don't know, maybe a little overvaluing there and a little undervaluing of Kansas state, but you're not going to see me throw a big stink over Kansas State at number five. I don't think they should be any lower than that. I think they're very clearly better going in than, to me, Kansas, Iowa State, West Virginia, and TCU. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see from there if they can they can rhyme, uh, you know, climb the ranks. I'd say they're probably better to me than Texas. I don't think they're more talented, but I trust Kansas State to win more games than Texas. Yeah, and that's what I was about to ask you about. I'm not, I'm not buying Texas yet as a top three team in the Big Twelve. I'd probably put Baylor at number two or number three, Oklahoma State at two or three, um, and then you know from four to six, you could probably interchange um, Kansas State, Texas, and West Virginia for me. Like, I, I, and this that might be crazy to say, but I think West Virginia's defense is going to have them winning more games than people expect this year. All right, Oklahoma at number one. Not that unexpected. A lot of team, a lot of people are picking the Oklahoma Sooners to be the favorite in the Big 12 in 2022. Any issues with them sitting at number one after all the turnover that we've seen? They should be the favorite. They're the best team. They should have won this conference last season. They fell flat of what their goals should have been. They fell short of it. 
they should have won the Big 12 Conference a seventh year in a, in a row. They were the most talented team. They didn't do that. They're losing some pieces from last year's team, but there's still plenty enough in stock for OU to win this league. And, you know, in some ways, it's about what Baylor and Oklahoma State are replacing. I know a lot of national folks, because you have a little bit of sooner fatigue, want to point out what Oklahoma has lost. But to me, I look at what Oklahoma has brought in and what Oklahoma already has on campus and compare that against the fact that Oklahoma State is losing a lot of pieces off of what was the, the best defense they've ever had in school history. Baylor, uh, obviously, you know, losing some key pieces across the board. So to me, really, you know, knowing kind of what we know now about last season versus uh, maybe what we thought going in, I kind of think the gap between Oklahoma and everybody else is wider going into this season than it was going into last season. That's interesting, actually, because it, it certainly seems that way. Um, I know Oklahoma's kind of been the favorite in the Big 12 for years now, but it does seem that there, there isn't one team that's kind of that next tier team, like that second team. There's You see a lot of people a lot of different places. It could be Baylor. It could be Oklahoma State. It could be Texas. Uh, you know, it could be, you know, pick another team. But there's a lot of um, disconnect or disagreement as to the pecking order behind Oklahoma. But it's clear that Oklahoma is the number one team, at least as, as things stand now in the spring. You know, things could evolve and change as we get closer to the fall. But it looks like Oklahoma is going to be the team to beat in the Big 12 again in 2022. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Make sure you are subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you are following Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref, myself at John Nine Williams. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. Until next time, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. Boomer Sooner.